0: In today's episode, we are going to talk about how to change your kids' behavior. I mean, I know you've been spotting it over the summer and you're like, man, I sure wish that would change, but we're going to give you some tips on how to do that.
1: Welcome to the Art of Raging.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 78 of The Art of Raising Humans. I'm Kyle
1: and I'm Sarah
0: and we're right in the middle of summer, aren't we? Oh, it's hot. This This episode <laughs> should be coming out around July 10th, so I bet it's going to be even hotter. more miserable. <laughs> so if you don't live in Oklahoma like we do, maybe you're having a better time of it, but maybe. down here it is hot. And yeah, we,
1: it's nearing 100 already. We don't it's prefer June.
0: that. Mm-hmm. And then this past weekend we... Uh, had an awesome storm come to town, right? And it took out yeah, took out the electricity in our house and other people's houses. So it's been quite a summer so far. A lot of good bonding while they all slept in our room because there was no power <laughs> and the yeah. fear of tornadoes coming, right? So yeah. anyways, so we've had a lot of adventures. I hope you guys uh, who are listening to this are having a lot of adventures this summer, a lot of fun getting to connect with your kids and enjoy your kids. But you know, Sarah, what I find that comes up a lot in the summer is a lot of interactions with your kids, um, you start thinking about ways to change their behavior, you know? Mm -hmm. Because when you're spending more time with them, you're like, I don't really like that or enjoy that. I wish that would change or I'm sick and tired of that, right?
1: Right. And you might even be looking already to the school year coming and go, okay, Mm, we need this to be done before the school year. I want this to be better come the school year.
0: I know a lot of parents I'm helping, they have dreams where they want to have a relaxed you know, time over the summer and enjoying themselves, but they also want to get some better habits in place, Mm -hmm. some better routines, all these kinds of things. So they they have... You think
1: I've got this window, I want to take advantage of it. This is a great time, got a couple months to practice.
0: So a lot of the discussions I'm having with parents is on this topic of how do we actually change our kids' behavior, mm-hmm. you know? When we see a behavior that we don't like, whatever that is, it could be something as little as how to organize their room to they're fighting with their siblings all the time or they're, they're, they're big emotions. They're, they're yelling at us. They're, you know, talking to us in ways we don't like or doing things we think are dangerous or whatever, right? So all types of things uh, uh, from how small small kids all the way up to big teenagers that parents are asking how how do we shift this? How do we change it? You know? Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a lot of conversations we're having. And before we jump into that, I want to ask all our listeners, if you've been enjoying the podcast, to, to please share this with people, comment, like it. Uh, we'd love it um, when you comment on it and, and tell us how it's impacting your life. And I know just in general, we hear a lot of people will tell us they listen to this episode or, or that other episode and how it impacted them. We'd love to hear from you personally. You can always go to our website, which is parentinglegacy.com. And when you go there, we have a lot more content for you we have videos and courses that you can take that will help you get ready for this upcoming school year and also just have a better better summer in general but let's dive into it so first i wanted to ask you sarah what's some ways in general that people try to change kids behavior And you know, what's some ways you hear people trying to do that
1: mm. okay so sticker charts mm-hmm. you know okay. yeah. so here's here's what you need to do mm-hmm. sticker charts for getting that done for younger yeah. kids yeah. um uh, yelling at them mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe yeah. if i can just a real common one. Yeah, yeah if i can just get mad at them they'll be uncomfortable and yeah. they'll change their ways
0: yeah well they'll see that <laughs> i i definitely don't like it so maybe uh-huh. they'll change it mm-hmm. i've never used that one
1: no you <laughs> <never>. <laughs> That's very right, yes.
0: good no. yeah what's some other ones they like to um
1: use? genuinely teaching them modeling uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it you know yep, oh yep. here here's how you do the dishes mm-hmm, let mm-hmm. me show you how yep, to do it yeah yep.
0: Yeah. I think lectures is real common. Yeah. So maybe they don't yeah, we think. Oh,
1: they're, they're not doing because they just still don't understand. So maybe if I say it 15 more times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think taking yeah.
0: things away, you know?
1: Uh-huh. I
0: mean, I'm sure no parents ever tried taking the phone away. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a real common one. Yeah. Taking the phone away. Some kind um, of a, a
1: The reward would be the sticker chart. So yeah, maybe a yeah. reward mm-hmm. or a punishment. Yeah. So yeah. do it or else. Yeah. Or do it in order to get this carrot.
0: I think one I hear a lot too is find out what your kid loves. And don't let them have that until they do the thing, right? So some people, they like friends, so don't let them hang out with Mm them. Um, Mm -hmm. They like that video game system, so take that away, you know? So it really is typically around power. You know, the parent feels powerless to change the behavior, so they try to then find power by taking something away that the kid wants, and then that will then motivate the kid to do the behavior, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's like a token. Yeah, we're exchanging.
0: I think the frustrating part about it, though, is what it kind of ends up being a fruitless endeavor because it really doesn't end up typically changing the behavior. It may it may quote unquote get the kid to do the behavior in the moment, but long term change doesn't typically happen that way.
1: Yeah, it's not as effective as we wish or as we we thought it was, or for generations, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I think this has been going on a long time. That's even what our adult prison system yeah sure yeah
0: yeah well it's funny you bring that up yeah because i'm thinking of all the drug and alcohol groups i did and lots of times i had people who had gotten out of prison and for Mm -hmm. all types of drug offenses and it wasn't many of them did not stop doing those things simply because they got arrested and went to prison you know you think that would be it but many of them still got drugs in prison you know they just continue If, if they did make that change there was actually something internal that changed in them it wasn't just the external yes. thing changing, yeah. it was the internal thing yeah. you know, and I, th- I think that's when we look at old school type parenting models, uh, I think there 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 is some 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 good aspects to it, but for the most part, the part we tend to focus on changing is this external control where yeah. it's your job to change the kid's behavior. So I know we're naming this podcast this of you know, how to change your child's behavior. But really, the the, the point is to kind of draw you in to understand that it is about the kid changing their behavior, yeah, not about you changing
1: it. Well, and I, I would say, I mean, there is somewhat where some punishment or reward will change behavior mm-hmm, or seems mm-hmm. to change the behavior. The kid, in order to avoid losing their phone, they're going to get home a curfew or yeah. whatever it might be. Yeah. You know, they're going to do that. But there's always a price for that route Mm -hmm. and that's your relationship with your child. So even if you're like, well, Mm -hmm. it worked in this situation or it worked when I was a kid, there's a cost to that kind of approach and how other parents feel. But as I was working with kids and then having my own children, I didn't like the effects of that approach on relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, especially I'm trying, I want trust. I want openness. I want, you know love and safety and all this stuff within relationship but if i'm going to use a come chase this carrot or i'm going to punish you if you do you know that's always withdrawing from that and depending on the child depending on the relationship you see it where it comes almost to no return Yeah, to a point of no return your relationship is just falling apart so much Yeah, you know but even a little ding isn't something i want as a parent
0: You know, that, that was kind of making me just think about yeah, the cost that it takes on the relationship that similar to marriage, you know, like something we, unique we do in this podcast is we're not just talking about kids as if they're separate from us, that, that really what works with kids works with each other, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that would be true about our marriage. You know, if there was a behavior you wanted me to do different and you use the things we just said, even a fun sticker chart, <laughs> even if you use <laughs> those kind of things, <laughs> yeah. it would probably begin to hurt the relationship, you know, because even in a marriage, even as an adult, I might start getting the message. There might be a story, a narrative that starts to develop that you would love me more if I acted that way. Right. And to a kid, they, they don't even have the capacity that I do to understand the nuances of what you're doing. But to the kid, the kid definitely gets the message that I need to do this behavior. So at minimum, you don't get mad at me, but at most you actually still love me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know? Now you're happy with me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a good kid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I'm lovable.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of kids I see, Sarah, in, in practice. You've seen them, too, in counseling where the kids will come in and that's the message they've gotten, you know, yeah. that they want to get better at sports. Not so they're better at sports, but so you don't get so upset with them yeah. Yeah, that they want to succeed at school so that you don't seem so sad about mm-hmm. what they're doing at school. And that that's that becomes a real codependent type relationship where the kid is now just doing it for you. And not even to say doing something for somebody is bad. It's just when they think the relationship is contingent upon you yes. doing that. Yes. That's where then it becomes unhealthy.
1: Yeah. When it's yeah. an exchange. And, yeah. yeah.
0: So then that brings a lot of people then, well, if I'm not going to use those things, because just like all these things we listed, they were used with us too as kids, you know, almost yeah. every family I knew used these things. So yeah. as you and I were reading and studying and learning from some great people and we were working with parents, there was the idea, well, if you're not going to use these, how do you change behavior? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. how do you really change it? So, so lately, a lot of the sessions I've been doing with parents is there are real steps that actually do help all human beings. And these would be steps that would not only help you with your kid, help you in your marriage, help you at work if you're a boss and have employees and coworkers, but also just help you with yourself, you know, because just Mm -hmm. think the same thing, Sarah, that was used on us to, quote unquote, change our behavior is typically the same thing we do to ourselves as adults, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I lecture myself. Sometimes I punish myself by getting mm-hmm. really mad at myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will take things away from myself and mm-hmm. say, Kyle, you can't get that until you do this. There's all this yeah. like, if then this kind of thing yeah. to yeah. kind of motivate myself, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we do this all the time to change eating habits, exercise habits. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, ev- even when I was trying to not yell as much, you know, there was a lot of like punishing myself. And I know recently we did a funny uh, vow of yellowbacy where we did do a sticker chart, but it yeah. was all in jest. <laughs> yeah. It was all yeah. to be funny. Yeah. Uh, but, and that, that was yeah. more
1: to bring our awareness yeah to exactly. how our children see us talking mm-hmm. to them, it was a learning thing and less about. But,
0: yeah. but, but even then, the idea is we want to raise little human beings who don't think change is contingent on them beating themselves up. And right. I'm telling you, I see teenagers... Who are cutting themselves because they think they need to be punished for mm-hmm. something bad they did. So then they will change their behavior. You, yeah, know? you
1: see the kid on the football field and maybe they missed a catch or something, you know, what do they do? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, someone punched punch themselves, themselves in the face. They'll they'll hit. Oh, yeah. yeah. You see that instant, like I must be punished for this mistake.
0: Yeah. yeah. So so we want to give you a different way a different way to help your child change the behavior. And so first, I love to share with parents these five stages of change. So back when I used to do drug and alcohol counseling, there was this company called Change Companies who had really studied the five steps of change. And these are the five steps they came up with. And pretty much um, there's different variations of in some form or fashion, but Mm -hmm. these tend to, to play out when you're helping other human beings change. So the first step is always awareness. So awareness is that step we go, oh, that needs to change or, oh, I want to change that, you know, mm-hmm. um, especially around the holidays. You'll see a lot of commercials from gyms saying, mm, yeah. do you need to lose weight? Do you need like yeah. so what they're doing is raising your awareness and going, oh, my gosh, I have been eating crazy. I need to go exercise. So first of all, raising your awareness is the first step. The second step is contemplation, meaning you want to start thinking about that change. You know, why would I change? W- mm-hmm. w- what am I trying to change? And mm-hmm. how, how would I go about doing that? So then the third step would be preparation. I start to prepare and take steps towards making that change. Yeah,
1: that's like, oh, I've got the membership at the gym mm-hmm. or I, I've, you know, gotten rid of the junk in my house and mm-hmm. I'm buying fruits and vegetables yeah. or yeah. I put this sign up to remind myself to do this thing every day.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a really good weight loss thing i think it's called noom but it uses a lot of these same stuff where it's mm. every day you're you're keeping it in your awareness about how you're eating and what you're doing it's not it's not meant to ever shame you or it's really just yeah. about raising yeah. your awareness so yeah. you are thinking about what you're eating instead of mindlessly doing it. right so as, as an example of now you're preparing so maybe you've done some research you've talked to some people what's worked mm-hmm. what hasn't then the fourth step is taking action so i actually got to put the change into in, into action And then I stick with the stuff that's working. So let's say I take action and it's not working, then I just go back and do the steps again. Well, what's not working? How do Let's contemplate what worked, what didn't. Let's prepare for a next step. But eventually when you find something that's really being successful, you stick with that change. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to first kind of point out those five steps. And those were commonly what I would teach people making really hard changes making changes like they're going to get off some hard drugs. They're alcoholics and they want to stop drinking, you know? And so these are some really difficult changes. So I want to just talk a little bit about that, that we've got to understand whether you're talking about a little four-year-old who's trying to um, sleep through the night without wetting their bed, all the way up to a kid no longer cutting themselves or talking to you in a better way. Change is hard.
1: Yes. It's very hard. It is.
0: Right? And even though change is inevitable, like we're always going to change, you mm-hmm. know, constantly. We just mm-hmm. saw a, a YouTube video about how 400,000 things, how many skin cells are falling off of us all the time. Every minute, yeah, right? It's, like, it's disgusting. Oh. But but how, how much we are, our body is constantly changing. Things are constantly changing, yeah. but actually making change in behavior can be very difficult.
1: Yes, it is. It is very difficult. And I think what comes up is we look at our children sometimes, and because we've maybe made that change, or that's not a struggle for us, or a habit or something, we can look at someone else and go, "Well, that's easy; just do this," yeah. you know. And we have to realize, put ourselves in that in their shoes. Put yourself think of something that's hard for you yes. to change, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and think, "Oh, that's what they're going through. That's hard to do. Yeah, that's really hard to learn because sometimes." taking action you're learning a whole new skill a whole new way of thinking or behaving and that takes time that's really hard work
0: yeah and i put down just a few that i'm sure our listeners can relate with Sleeping. I mean, lots of people are horrible at sleeping mm-hmm. and the, the changing those sleep cycles and getting on a good sleep. I means lots of people really struggle with turning the TV off at night and going to bed at a decent yeah, time. Yeah. Um, exercising. I mean, that's a huge issue. And mm-hmm. especially in America is people exercising well and being healthy with that, mm-hmm. um, The how they're eating, how they're speaking to each other, like not yelling and, and not letting anger take over. Um, um, even just I was thinking of just just in general, all the different behaviors that that are a struggle, I'm, I'm trying to just process my own. I'm, I'm thinking there's things that for sure I've seen you change pretty easily, and I would feel very difficult in doing that because it's not something I've ever seen somebody change that that particular behavior. The other behaviors I've done that have been easy for me and hard for you, right? And so I think everybody has the ability at times to make change easy because mm-hmm. it's more Maybe it's just more part of their personality that particular yeah, change. You yeah. know? But but I think if you really look at it as a parent and go, what are the areas I struggle that since I've been you know ten years old and now I'm in my forties, I'm still struggling with that particular yeah, change. Yeah. And, and to think maybe change isn't me just completely doing that behavior differently. Maybe I need to look at the incremental ways I have made change and I need to encourage that. Mm-hmm. And I need to do the mm-hmm. same thing with my kid. So, so we all have aspects of our behavior that we would like to change. There's all, everyone listening to this can think of what those are. Um, and, and many times we use fear and shame and self loathing. to to try to make those changes happen. But what we know in the dieting culture is such an easy one to point out that actually sticking with that change is unlikely to happen. Okay, Mm -hmm. when you use those methods of fear, shame, self-loathing and the list goes on and self-hatred, those actually are short burns, you know, that they burn really hot. And maybe you can make changes for three to six months, but you're most likely going to go back to those old habits because those are not. And a lot of times
1: when they if you especially in the dieting world, you know, where they've studied this so much, you're actually kind of go back worse. You know, if if you've used those negative things to motivate yourself there's almost a PC that finally just gives up yep. and, and you-, you
0: can't, you can't sustain. it. And so now I want to talk about what, what I do using those five steps, how Sarah and I, would do it with our kids and how we would help them change. So, so first of all, I want to point out that when we've talked about the brain development in the past, that what we know about the brain is change happens in the prefrontal cortex. It happens when we're in a space where we feel safe and loved and secure mm-hmm. in the relationship. Why is that important? Because then I'm not worried about losing the relationship. Mm-hmm. I can really be open and receptive to you. Yes. Right. Yes. I can really hear you. I can really come open handed rather than closed fisted. Right. I'm yes. not scared. I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not, you know, kind of almost shaking of, well, if I don't do this, then they're not going to love me anymore. So mm-hmm. if I come and I know our relationship is secure, then I can then be receptive and we can really then listen to each other. OK. And then in that prefrontal cortex is where you need them to be to really like really see other ways of changing other ways of approaching the problem mm-hmm. you know to where that's where the teaching happens that's where the learning happens that's where they're like the ability to take the information and internalize it yeah,
1: that that creativity to see multiple pathways to get there that's all going to happen there so I, I love that i mean you need to make sure you're in a good space with that person and i think when we're dealing with especially teenagers We need to make sure that not only we think we're in a good space with Mm -hmm, them, but mm -hmm. they think they're in a good space with us, you know, because you may be, oh, we're great. But if your teenager's holding on to some hurts or some things in your relationship that feel broken to them, that that's going to play a part. You're not going to be as successful. So you need to first, you've got to go solidify your relationship. Yeah,
0: yeah. So So you say make the connection. Yeah. Make sure you're both in a good space yeah. where I'm receptive to them and mm-hmm. what, what, what they're what they're going through. Like when they're telling me how difficult this change is, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, give me a break. You know that yeah. I'm receptive and open to them and they can feel it yeah. and in return. They then are receptive to me. Yeah. Right. So that they were working together. We're hand in hand, co-creating how to do how to create a different outcome. Right. Right. Then I would say the next step. So these steps are really important is I've got, I've got to help make sure we've got the connection. Mm -hmm. We're both receptive to each other and then we're going to reflect. We're going to do some Mm -hmm. reflection, okay? Reflection, Dr. Becky Bailey talks about how that's one of the most important things that we just don't do in our culture, you know? Mm -hmm. We we may be good at helping kids understand how they feel. We may even be good at helping kids calm down. But the ability, like anytime there's a conflict, anytime there's a behavior where there's a big blow up and you're you're thinking to yourself, why doesn't this change? I would tell you because the follow-up isn't happening. There's not follow-up where the kid feels like you're being receptive to them. And, and in turn, they're being receptive to you. And you may be telling your kid the most wise, um, advice ever, (laughs) right? Great,
1: loving. Yes. Brilliant.
0: But, but you'll see the kid, the kid's either nodding, going, okay, okay, okay. And they're not really listening or they're getting defensive. And if either one of those are happening, they're not really in a receptive place. And so therefore, they're not able to reflect. And so what I like to use with kids a lot of times, Sarah, is I talk about looking at the game film, you know? And it's if you think about any good athlete, any good mm-hmm. athlete gets better by watching the game film. Mm-hmm. So that's what reflection is. It isn't there to beat the athlete up, say, look what a bad game you had. It is always an attempt to grow and learn from mm-hmm.
1: the game. Yeah, and, and in that reflecting, it's it's the what happened, <laughs> How did you feel about it? Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. what you kind of got to dive into some things. Don't rush this part of the process. Yeah, 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 take some time of what's going on here. And really be curious. And you're and children won't be as good as adults will be at this, yes. right? It's yep. a skill you have to develop because at first they're like I don't know. I don't know what I was mm-hmm, mad mm-hmm. or I was sad, you know. They yeah. they don't always know. Mm-hmm. And so you have to help them. Well, tell me Where did you feel that in your body? Mm, You know, or if you were, uh, there's so many different scenarios running through my mind, but we're going to take way too much time if I go into all that. But basically take the time to unravel it. What events happened? What did they think about those events? What did they feel about those events?
0: I love all that stuff. Lots of times parents will say they won't do it. They won't do it. We try to do it and they won't. And I'm telling you, every time I talk to those kids, they expect it's going to be punishment. It's going to be a lecture. It's going to, the end result is going to be them divulging too much and then getting yes. in more trouble. Yeah. So the kid, the kid, if the kid is not willing to do it, it's because they don't trust that it's going Go gonna, back to
1: relationship. Yes, go you, back to connection. Yeah. So, so you are not ready yet.
0: So so I put these four words down that, first of all, I want to, I want to go back to, we've got the stages of change where mm-hmm. you want to make sure you're, there's awareness, there's contemplation, preparation, taking action, then sticking with it. So that's just in general how effective change happens. But when it specifically comes to helping change behavior in, in a kid is I, I want to get into the habit of creating a culture in our family where we follow up that uh-huh. anytime there's a toxic rupture in the relationship, meaning anytime we blow up at them or they blow up at me, that we are going to follow up and they trust that the, the purpose in that follow up is receptivity. And reflection. Mm-hmm. So we can look at the game film together and we can co-create a better outcome. And the four words I put that kind of go with what you just said is I've got to be patient. I've got to realize change takes a long time. Change is hard. So if your kid is not receptive right now, you got to be patient. Mm-hmm. Keep coming back and just reiterating, I I want to do this to help you. Okay. Second is I've got to be consistent so that I'm not just, we're not having some blow-ups and like just letting it go by. And unfortunately that happens in a lot of families, happens in a lot of marriages and it just builds up and builds up and builds up. It's
1: hard to go back.
0: (laughs) And those toxic ruptures, those toxic ruptures had created a lot of toxicity between you and your kid. The third one is intentionality. I want to be really intentional. And my goal in coming to my kid is to be receptive to them. It isn't just for them to be receptive to me, but they really are a key part of the information I need to help them change. You know, if it just from my head, it's not going to be received that well right? And then the fourth one is accountability. That I think when you do it together, when you make that change together, just like if I was going to change some way I was going to be eating or something, I would tell you I was doing it and say, hey, could you hold me accountable to that? You know, not in a way that you'll slap my hand if I don't do it, but just to encourage me and remind me that we're making that change, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so I think that patience, consistency, intentionality, and accountability, those four things I have found are really crucial to then helping that process of change to happen more smoothly and be more likely to be effective.
1: Yes, yes, love it.
0: Good, anything else you'd add to it?
1: No, I think okay.
0: that's great. Well, what I really hope this helps is you're going through the summertime and this heat and being with your kids a lot and you're seeing all these different behaviors you would like to start working on changing. Know it's a partnership. It's something you're co-creating with them reflect in yourself, what is the changes I've tried to make that I just can't seem to do? And why is it so difficult for me? And if it's so difficult for me, I'm I'm an adult, a a really smart adult with a lot of skills and and, and a lot of tools, and yet I can't seem to do it. It's it's hard that maybe the kid feels the same way. And so look at this as a partnership where you guys are co-creating together to, to form a different outcome and have a better, healthier behavior come out of that. So I hope this was helpful um, as you are listening and I hope it gave you a lot of things to think about. Once again, we'd love to hear your feedback and appreciate you sharing this.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: The Art of Raising Humans podcast should not be considered or used as counseling, but for educational purposes only.